Season 4, Episode 4 of Strange Brow Radio. My name's Tobe Johnson, and it's good to have you back. Maybe some new faces, new ears, and new eyeballs over at the YouTube channel. Well, you can hit subscribe if you want, or share it, or hit the like button, or write a comment down there. All that helps out the algorithms, and oh, the algorithms are in charge nowadays. Also, thank you to our sponsor, sponsors, Feral by Aaron being one of them, E-R-Y-N. Feral by Aaron over Etsy. Alchemy Sound Tools. That's how she describes them. It's the busy season. Go check out all of these sound devices, alchemy-inspired spirit tools. Drums, rattle, smudge fans. You know you want to at least look. Go do it over at Etsy.com and Metallic Monsters. Order your metal monster and stick it up on a shelf. It's a clever item. 3D printed metallic monsters made right here in Washington State. In fact, one of our own monsters, Blondie, available over at metallicmonsters.com. We'll be right back. Do you like hoodies? And I love a good hoodie. Just like a black-eyed kid, I wear a black hoodie almost all the time. Black on black crime over here. It's got our official Strange Brow Radio logo on it. You can check that out if you'd like one over at strangebrowradio.com. That's where all the cool kids shop, especially during the fall season when the brand new SBR hoodie looks so damn fine when you're walking those fall colors just like a scene out of when harry met sally oh yes a classic classic movie check it out over at strangebrowradio.com and there you'll find not only this luxurious official sbr hoodie with our logo attached you'll find other gear socks stickers boy you name it t-shirts we got a couple different variety of t-shirts for that matter so check it out, strangebrowradio.com. Just click away to the merchandise tab and have yourself a fantastic fall season. Now, I made a reference to a classic, Harry Met Sally, but before that was another classic that has recently been redone by the same director that did a great job over the new sequel of Blade Runner. And that is the... Readapted Dune. The House of Atreides is rising once again. And you can check that out coming out, I believe, on the 21st of October. It hits the theaters. Yes, you can actually go to a movie again. Share popcorn. Go for it. Check out this new Dune. Now, what's interesting about this is that they're, they're drawing comparisons from Dune to our current state of affairs. I was reading over a Wall Street Journal article, and it says how Dune sort of explains today's economy. Interesting comparison there. And I think they're probably talking about the spice mining as it relates to the economy. I don't think they're getting into the sociological aspects or the uh, pandemic aspects of it all. But um, people drawing comparisons of Dune to our economic situation here. I know that uh, there definitely is a baron involved in the story of Dune. I'm sure that uh, we could talk about the pharmaceutical barons and the oil barons of Earth. I don't think they ever made mention of Earth, though, in the story of Dune. I don't know. Get in touch with me over here at strangebrowradio.com or strangebrowradio at Gmail and let me know if they did mention planet Earth. Also in the news coming up here, See how I weasel in a news segment here without you even knowing what's going to happen? Is the uh, ever-present news of William Shatner going into space. Now, if you haven't heard this story and haven't followed up on it, I don't know where you've been because it was front and center in the news seven days ago that Bezos of Amazon put Captain Kirk front and center with a couple other people in his giant penis rocket and shot him into space for... I don't know, under 10 minutes, I think, which is perfect for the penis analogy. <laughs> uh, that's how we're having fun on, by ourselves here on the radio. Um, 
there was a there's some video you can watch. Go check out William Shatner in space, and uh, mostly you see the back of his head as he's glued to the, I suspect, plexiglass window looking down at Earth. But just like Spock, he uh, he's living long and prospering here at the ripe old age of ninety, and his quote is that of not of a an unexpected quote after he touched down and uh, did his subsequent interviews, said some very interesting things, a a tearful response, uh, a grateful response, if we are to believe he actually went into space. One of the responses he said was, and I quote, then suddenly you shoot through it, all of a sudden, like you whip off a sheet, and you're looking into blackness, into ugliness, Shatner then continued comparing earth below to space above. There it is, Mother Earth and comfort. And there's, there's death. Those were the comments of Captain Kirk. An unexpected response. And maybe that is connected to his age. Like I said, 90 years old. And I mean, with the sensibilities of T.J. Hooker years, I couldn't tell the difference between that of a of a 45-year-old man as far as cogents, as far as eye contact, (laughs) the way he looks. I mean, obviously, he can afford the best, but, man, it is is quite amazing. And I don't know, maybe I'm conspiracy-ridden, but uh, suspiciously youthful. But I have no suspicions over this next 90-year-old. Now, freshly, just turning 90 is the legendary witness of Patty at Bluff Creek, Bob Gimlin, who just turned 90 years old. I hope he had a a wonderful birthday. But if you haven't met Bob, uh, well, you, you really don't know what you're missing as far as a caliber of a person. But as far as somebody who looks incredible for 90 years old, it, it actually made me make some changes, some immediate changes, because I've kind of had some on and off health issues, which I have never even been into the doctor till the last couple years. And um, these guys are just an inspiration of living your life correctly, uh, especially Bob, because I know a little bit more about his, uh, his health routine. And uh, I know he's a disciplined man and uh, has a lot of work ethic and a lot of fun at the same time. So anyway, let that be a lesson to you. Treat your body like a temple, just like Mr. Gimlin did and even Mr. Shatner. All right, next up is our guest. Let's get to it. Now, I don't think he's ever sat down and talked on camera. I, I can almost guarantee you that probably hasn't happened And, well, kind of for the most part, he doesn't really go on camera totally with me. But, um, you know, it's for his safety, (laughs) living in a small town. You know how these things are. So with the name David and from the backside, my camera's facing and a little fireplace that he had set up here close to his house. We're shrouded in the woods and David is going to relate to you his dealings, his experiences with what can only be described as Sasquatch coming to his property and leaving incredible gifts. Now, one of these gifts here I want you to pay particular attention to, especially if you're a rock hound or if you're into space, (laughs) if you know anything about space and the debris that may come down here. Very interesting gift. Um, I don't want to give that part away, but check it out. That is uh, coming up here next. My interview with New Witness and uh, the possibilities are endless here with this guy as far as opportunity to check out an incredible area, all new to me. My interview with The Witness, David. All right, so my guest today is... Well, we're going by a pseudonym, and uh, what name do we want to go with? We don't want to go by your real name. Do we just want to call you David? All right. Okay, we'll just go by David. And this is uh, David's beautiful sanctuary. Thanks for inviting me out here, David. 
Oh, you bet. <laughs> you just uh, had some wonderful dinner laid out for me with your lovely wife. And uh, so I'm full. And uh, for dessert, we're going to talk about your experiences. And you've had some experiences out here. You've lived in the most beautiful, pristine area of the Pacific Northwest, one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, aside from our place. And how long have you been out here? About 30 years now. <laughs> 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had a, a lot of experiences with a little bit of everything. And your connection, though, first, why don't we talk about your connection to the land here? Because you work with the land. Your life is kind of absorbed working in and around nature. We're not going to say what you do. But um, you have, uh, obviously, just by the skins that you have around here and the bones that you have on your property, you know wildlife and you you know what you're looking at when it comes to possibly Sasquatch. And so you have uh, experiences out here with Bigfoot. Talk to people about maybe one of your first experiences when you knew that they were coming around the property or living out here 30 years. Surely you've heard other people talk about it. I have, and I've heard some of my friends talk about the lower Elwha River here and hearing loud screams there. and. And they said it was pretty blood curdling and it, it made a chill go up their spine. And one night when I was sitting out here having a beer, I heard something scream back there in the forest and uh, that sent a chill up my spine. And then I, I heard this loud crashing through the brush and like logs breaking and things. And, and then it just went quiet, but it, it came right toward me for a while and it, it scared the hell out of me. I ran back in the garage and slammed the door and uh, that was my first first thing when I first moved in here and this was all wilderness we were the second house in here and it, it was still all wilderness back then and and it's connected right right to the mountains behind us yeah I mean up against you is a national park and beyond that national park the next road the next major road is how many miles away do you estimate estimate that to be there's I mean there. it's it's miles and miles away till you get to the next highway uh -huh. or anything. And man, along this mountain range too, you can drive up in there and drive clear over like endless ranges of mountains, clear to Quilcene from here. I mean, there's there's that much wilderness between this area. And it's snowed in quite a bit during winter. I mean, we're coming up here shortly in what do you think, the next 30 days where a lot of the access roads are gonna be closed? Uh-huh, and even even this neighborhood, we've, like on three different occasions, been stuck in here for three weeks behind five feet of snow, and it, it takes that long because when it dumps that heavy, you can't get a plow or anything up here or anybody to help you. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You have to have one of your own ready to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> in fact, I broke my neck in that 97 storm up here, and it was too deep for an ambulance to get here, so I had to walk down to 101. <laughs> holding my head up and the snow was up to my waist. Wow. It was pretty crazy. So to live up here, you have to be almost a survivalist. A little bit, yeah. You yeah. gotta store food up and yeah, I got like a four year supply of wheat and beans, but it's not very good eating, when, but you're glad you have it when you're stuck in here for you a week or two. You have a four year supply of wheat and beans? Uh -huh. That's incredible and enough to keep you warm here for 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 several years. Yeah, we got a wood burning stove inside and all that. And, yeah. And uh, at one time I had solar panels hooked up and propane, a big storage tank of propane and propane hot water. And mm -hmm. it didn't matter when the power went out, we stayed warm and, and still showered in hot water. So knowing that you're a survivalist, you have a different kind of survivalist all around you here. I mean. The subculture, the idea of Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest is is almost a gimmick at this point. It's people are putting on hoodies. Uh, you you go buy a can of pop. They have you know pretty much everything is named after Bigfoot. But <laughs> you say that the phenomena is real. Why do you say that? Just because I've worked at a, at an animal preserve before, and I've smelled a lot of animals, and and there's something around here that smells different than than anything I've smelled, and and then uh, I've had a couple of times when I was 
about a mile away from, from what I think was a Bigfoot walking across. I saw two of them walk across the meadow once and then uh, I photographed one out by Saltwater Creek out there, I think. So. Okay, so this is the photograph. We're, we're, going, we're skipping ahead here really quick, but I've seen this photograph only a couple different times. I think I still have it on my computer. But um, talk to me about that moment and then uh, we'll show people the photograph. Where were you and how did that photograph come to be and what did you see with your own eyes? I'm not exactly sure where I was, but I was, I was out past Saltwater Creek where the highway and the, the ocean meet right there. And uh, I was about a mile away from what I spotted and it was getting dark, so, so I took a photograph. I tried to videotape, but it was too dark. The video doesn't, doesn't do the same thing as the camera, but I got one good photo and then I went and jumped in my truck and raced down there about a mile and went into the beach to see if I could get a closer photo because it, it looked like something furry standing out there with my own eyes and I got the best picture of it I could with my camera when it was getting dark, but I thought I was gonna get some closer pictures and mm -hmm. I was really excited when I got down there, It was everything was gone. <laughs> totally gone so, and no cars parked down no there? No cars. And, yeah. What was that like for a person to try to get down there? Was it even possible for it, somebody to be in there, like a skin diver or a clam, sh you know, someone digging for clams or something? It could have been, but but there again, they would have needed a kayak or a vehicle or something. But yeah, but and that's not what the picture shows. It doesn't show a kayak at all. Uh huh. It just shows this black figure standing in the tide up to where, roughly their knees or thighs? Uh-huh, and uh -huh. there was a second figure, but it was behind the branches from where I took the picture. And uh, so I saw two of them with my own eyes down there. And, and when I got down there, there wasn't anything. I couldn't see any tracks on the beach or in the sand or... Nothing. Oh. So no boot prints of anybody walking up on nope. the tide? Huh. Was it, uh, was it a sandy beach or was it a rocky beach? It was a rocky. <laughs> it was, huh. okay. Yeah. Oh, no. That's all right. We got a little bit of landscaping going on here. That's part of, we got new homeowners, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they got every right to decorate when they need to. Um, okay, so you, you have that moment there. You go so far as to actually walk down to where you saw them. Don't see any tracks. Did you get any feeling while you're down there that something was watching you or anything of that I, I didn't feel that, but I was feeling a lot of adrenaline because I thought I was going to get a good picture. And like, uh, yeah, well, you did get a good picture. I mean, is it definite? No, but it's it's a beautiful picture, and we don't know what we got. Uh huh. Yeah. But but man, I was I was excited because I just had a feeling it was something something cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is something cool, uh, and it's in a squatchy area for sure. Uh -huh. I mean, it's not far at all from where there's been a lot of sightings. Yeah, those mountains are so steep there too, people don't go up there a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just not somewhere people hike. <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, so you have stuff happening here right on your own property and you have uh, some evidence of some strangeness here off to your left. I wanna show people exactly what you're talking about, but in regards to the, um, you know, talking about the Al Moon Lab, uh, we talk about places that are familiar where they're power spots, where things seem to happen more often. Like there's a, a favorite location to go to, to interact with. Is, your, is that in your case the same thing? Do they have a spot they like to go? Uh, they seem to like this tree over here. It's one of the biggest trees in the green belt and they just leave weird stuff there sometimes. Yeah. They, one year I found a whole elk head there and it, it still had skin on it and stuff and like it had the antlers and everything on it and and that was the same like the night before there were some big foot tracks across my compost pile. I put a lot of grass in one spot in my yard and, and then I bring home all kinds of like clippings from all different trees and stuff and there were, there were big foot tracks right through that rotten grass that were about 17 inches or they were huge, it caved in a little bit in the grass, but mm -hmm. you could see the imprint on the bottom was pretty big. And Did you photograph them? I did a while ago, I'm not sure where I've got that. Okay. I'll try to dig that but, out. And, yeah, but you're not uh, opposed to taking pictures of evidence or things happening? 
Oh yeah, it was it was kind of cool. So <laughs> I thought they were my foot tracks, and then when I looked how big they were, I'm like, something walked across here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now was that? Do you remember the distance between footprint to footprint? Was it average? Was it a big step? Uh, it was. It was like seven feet or somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. And so going back to that elk head, you said the skin was attached to it. The rack was on it. Was it a rotten elk head or was it a fresh kill? It was. Uh, it was a rotten one, and and it was. Uh, it had been there so long the stuff had dried out on it and things, but it it. Mm -hmm. It looked like it died of unnatural causes or something. <laughs> How long between the moment you found that elk head to the moment before that when you came to that tree? Had you been down to that tree recently and it turned up recently? or How quick was that moment between the visits? It was probably about two weeks, I would say. Okay. And do you know of any other predator that would bring a kill, uh, just the head, and deliver it? And was it face up, like jaw planted down on the ground yeah the jaw was on the ground and the antlers were going up the tree like it was posed almost and, and the snout <laughs> facing out uh-huh okay i got really excited when i saw that <laughs> yeah oh, i bet and so when these gifts turn up here i'm looking at the tree now when they show up are they facing your house or are they all around the tree they're always right in front here like right. on this front side of it so facing right on the path coming right in here to your little park. What other things have you found on there? Like bones all the time and, and fossils and weird rocks, like, like really weird rocks. They stick to magnets and... Uh, yeah, well, walk me through some of the things that you found. Or should I hold them up here? Uh, yeah, well, I... you can just show them and then I'll show them on camera later. Okay. So what is that one? That one, it's some kind of clay rock with a crystal in the middle, and it's it's got a perfectly square. I call it my Saturn rock because it's got little yeah. holes that look. It just looks like an image of Saturn for some reason, and it's weird that it has that like uh -huh. that that Saturnian square on it. Like, <laughs> and we should mention that the beaches uh, around here are filled with those sandstone cannonballs. We call them. They're perfectly spherical. They look like cannonballs, and uh -huh. they roll up and down the sandy shore. And so it's not like the beach, though, is right beyond that tree. It's quite some distance to go down and find those kind of rocks. Uh-huh. And there's also some on the top of Hurricane Ridge, these seashells. And, oh, really? Uh, they're on the top of, of all these ridges around here. And a park ranger was telling me all of this was underwater and got pushed up at, at one time. But, but they're quite a ways away from... From here, I don't find them around the yard except in front of that tree. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, and these are these are free of debris. Like, there's no moss, there's no dirt on them. Is that the case, or does it look like they have been uncovered from the earth? Some of them had moss. I cleaned them all up. I don't know oh, if I gotcha. should have. Okay. But, uh, what else do you have there? I got a clamshell that it looks like it died closed. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a fossil? It is. Okay, so a lot of fossils. All again, all upon the Doug, or I'm sorry, the cedar tree, facing this way. There was a pine cone on top of on top of this one, and uh, I found these two rocks stacked on top of each other. This now, one, what is that one there? This one's basalt, but it. When you put a, a carpenter square on it, these edges are perfectly square on both sides. They don't look like it because there's an angle here, but but each one of these sides are square, and it these are like almost flat cut. Yeah. <laughs> it looks man-made to me almost, but I found I can hold it like a stylus, and, and it, <laughs> you can like make real cool imprints in clay with it, like all these triangle runes. It's, it's just kind of cool, but... yeah. I don't know what it was originally, and I had a city archaeology look at it, archaeologist look at it. And, and what did he say? Man, he he said it looked man-made, but he, he looked at it for 45 minutes, and then the rock shop guy offered me 300 bucks for this one, and he's telling me it's not a meteorite, but it was right on top of this this rock. and Oh, it was sitting on top of it like that when you yeah, found it? Yeah, and then there was a pine cone on top of it, and... Uh, 
It's really weird because this rock sticks to a magnet like clunk, but it, it's stone of some kind, but it's magnetic and it's got this like burned glass, like welding slag all over yeah. it. Yeah. So did, what did the rock shop guy tell you it was? He told me it was uh, metamorphic or volcanic. And, and he wanted, he's willing to pay you $300? Yeah, he's telling me it's not a meteor, but I think... He thought it was. <laughs> I think, yeah. $300 is a lot for metamorphic rock. There's a like really weird find under under that tree. I like filed the the back side of it off, and it's perfectly black inside with all these little green spots. And but it it sticks to a, a magnet like crazy. So it's totally magnetic both sides. Uh huh. And it's yellow. Yeah, it looks to me like it was yeah. really hot at one time because there's like welding glass on it and. Yeah. Interesting. So for that to arrive sandwiched together three different objects layered on on top of that stylus rock i mean the chances are that something left that there that had hands that's what i was thinking i kept quizzing my son about it and he he denied ever putting them there so like, right I don't. so you ruled out that you're being hoaxed uh-huh and would yeah. your son be the only person that you would ever blame besides someone else mm, yeah. He, yeah he played out here when he was a little kid but like yeah some of this stuff's happened since he's left home and... <laughs> gotcha. So now that he's gone, it's still occurring. Uh-huh. So what's the last thing that happened out here? Gosh, I think it was like that. One of these, like, big fossils here, but... Uh, I think it was that one was the last one I found, the big clamshell and... And those, those elk horns, that was fairly recent, mm -hmm. like, not too long ago and... Did you keep those? I sold them for 200 bucks. That's terrible. Oh, wow. How big were they for 200? They, they were, were big. <laughs> like a Roosevelt? Uh-huh. And so there's bones periodically all around these trees. Like I'm looking at a couple of look like femur bones over here behind this tree. Were those bones also by that tree or do they put bones by other the trees bones as well? have just been by this tree and that one over there. And uh, Yeah. And a few weird rocks appear over there once in a while, but mostly that tree's where all the activity is. And I found this little rock. I don't know if you can see it on camera, but mm -hmm. it looks like it has a half moon in it. <laughs> now, when did that one turn up? That was about probably six months ago in front of that tree. Or okay. It, it was a little longer than that. Man, time goes yeah. by. <laughs> When's the last time you checked out that tree? I haven't checked it for about a month. <laughs> really? So uh -huh. we don't, there could be something there now. Uh-huh. And this tree right here, something was digging right in front of that, like, not too long ago. <laughs> okay. Now, have you ever come out here and sat at night? Uh-huh. <laughs> and what happens? Well, uh, like that first story I was telling you about that crashing through the brush and that loud scream and, mm -hmm. and the neighbor's donkey was like, it was going crazy. Something like went through that yard and into my yard and charged clear up to here. And right. Man, it like scared me so bad I retreated inside. <laughs> wow. Now, when, earlier when we were having turkey, your wife was mentioning that something even hopped on top of the roof and you guys played it off as being a predator like a cougar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you have any private suspicions or do you think that that was a cougar on your roof? I'm not sure. It sounded pretty heavy. And like, it did. But it scares you because you're in there at night and like it, it jumped on the roof and it sounded as heavy as a person or a 200-pound uh, animal or something. <laughs> yeah. Did you ch huh. did you go up there afterwards to see if there was anything on the roof? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go outside at a, night either. But <laughs> You have a tendency of falling off the roof, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that happening. Um, interesting. And I'm mesmerized sitting out here with your, I don't know if the camera can pick this up, but all around me is a circle of um, teapots that are all turned into little lamps. And there's flames coming out of the uh, spigot part of these silver plated teapots. So it's, it's like being in a little bohemian grove a little bit. Um, and I can't imagine that a Sasquatch would be turned off by this atmosphere. So what have you seen with your own eyes here that defies explanation? Well, just that, that beach day when I, when I took that photo and, and then uh, 
The black figures that were walking upright across the grassy meadows about a mile below me, that, man, people say I saw a bear, but I've never seen a bear walking like that across the, they always run on two legs and mm -hmm. sometimes they walk upright, but they always go back down and these things just cross the entire, like probably a half mile of, of green meadow mountain. And then they went over the ridge and that was the last I saw of them. Were they going in a group? Two of them. One was about 10 feet behind the other one. So they were moving one in front of the other. Uh-huh. Okay. And could you estimate size? I couldn't from there. It's, yeah. Man, that is like straight down on, on that meadow. And yeah. it's so steep you could hardly like keep your footing on there. But Right. And even going up to the National Park like I did today, um, there's meadows up there. There's beautiful. It almost reminds me of the Blue Mountains. There's these lush grass hills and yeah. then you see these granite crags with snow on top of them and then these beautiful lush hills it's quite the contrast yeah if yeah, it looks I'd... like ireland then it looks like the himalayas all at once uh -huh. yeah then there's these gnarly forests in between <laughs> gnarly yeah <laughs> nothing but ridges and valleys i mean it's yeah. just, you're on either the edge of a knife or you're down in the in the crop of a valley so those okay. trees are cool around there too. They grow in families like all their roots are connected. And so they grow in these circles and you can go inside them and they're like natural shelters and stuff. And yeah, they grow in all the steep places. And yeah. And there was a, a, a community. I can't imagine what kind of stories I would get out of that, but I was shocked that as I went past the Rangers gates immediately to the right was a housing development on a lake after oh, I went through yeah. the gate. And so I can't imagine what that cost to live there beyond the, I mean, you're in a national park on a lake, yeah. uh, incredible real estate, but I had no idea that was up there. Interesting. So the last time uh, that you went over there was about a month ago. Of course, I'm really curious to take a look at that. Why don't we, um, let's go take a peek here real quick. And so is this the usual way you walk into it? Oh yeah. Now, where did this come from, this hole? This this got dug since I didn't see it the last time I was out here, but it's all covered with limbs, so it's been there a couple of months. Okay. I'm gonna follow you in. And I'm gonna stay to you, I'm gonna keep your back to me here. Okay. So we can look at what you're looking at. There's always fresh sawdust along along here too for right. some reason. And the gifts are usually on top of the soil? Yeah, just sitting right on top. So like, do you ever go a month without a gift? Oh yeah, sometimes. And, it, man, can, it, it seems like they come like seasonally, like certain times of the year. Gotcha, uh, yeah, I feel the same way. A lot of springtime like activity and okay. it's almost like, like they're somewhere else during the rest of the year. And where do you think that somewhere else is? Like way up in those mountains, I man, it's so rugged up there. <laughs> yeah, it's very rugged. And you again, you never find anything on the backside of this. No, never have. And so, if we walk around here, we shouldn't see anything. Nothing here. But if you wanted to stay dry and hang out and watch David's house, there really is almost no better spot than sitting right by the cedar tree to do that. So David, this is roughly how you found all these here, just based uh, on memory. Maybe just a little bit. Remember, this, this one was half submerged right there. Down deep in the... Yeah, and they the, were... Like they, they'd been pushed down in there? Uh-huh. Okay. They were whole when I found them, but I dropped that big one on the garage floor, and then I found out there were seashells inside of them. This one right here? Uh-huh, it broke perfect, or that that round one. Oh, gotcha. This one's so interesting, though. Let's see this here. Let me see if I can get the camera focused in on that. This is uh, a bunch of clamshells that have been fossilized in the sandstone, and it's a conglomerate of uh, other shells and sand. And for that just to arrive here, along with something like this. Now, was this broken in two when you found it like no, this? No, both of these round ones were whole, but I dropped that one on my garage floor and it broke perfectly in half. Right, and inside it, you can see right here, 
is a little tiny, what do you call that kind of shell? A snail of some yeah, kind? Yeah, a snail. Yeah. And so through time, sand just collected around that. Let's see if we can put the puzzle piece back together there. There we go. Just like that. But this is the most, I mean, this is really fascinating. And I want to take the camera off here to show this. I got a big magnet I can go get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and lift that up and uh, I'll make sure just to show you. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely sticking to it. I'll be damned. And that is, let me, let me try that. Oh, yeah, you can feel it. Just wanted to suck down on it. So I don't know that a regular volcanic rock would be magnetic like that, do you? I don't. It's, it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> it looks like a heart or something. It looks like ventricles and things like that coming out of it. It's real, and this is where you took. You said you took the file. Yeah, to it. I filed it off with a grinder, and it's like jet black inside. Yeah, has little green veins going through it, and spots look like jade or something. So, if a rock hound was going to pay you three hundred bucks for this, he knew it was worth considerably more than. Yeah, that. but he told me it wasn't anything but a piece of like metamorphic or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't paying you what he was going to get out of it. He was paying you less. That's really interesting. And so have you taken it to anybody else besides that guy to have it looked at, like an actual geologist? I haven't. They took uh, that square rock to the city archaeologist, and he was pretty fascinated with it for a long time. And, yeah. And how oh, man this, made it look. This one here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. You say it looks like the, uh, the angle of a compass. Because we, we were talking a little bit about the masons here off camera. And it kind of reminds me of yeah, that. It's got a Masonic square yeah. and a compass in it right there. <laughs> right. And so somebody was saying this looks like it might be man-made. I mean, it, it looks like shale that has been peeled off a little bit, but this is an interesting little divot right here, too. And it has a darker... Did you put it in a fire at all? I, I've been there? sticking it in clay because I've been making this cumaic form artwork with it because okay. these little points on the rock will duplicate like you can like duplicate that stuff like <laughs> it's just kind of a fun little art stylist for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can hold it like just like a pencil and, sure. and work it in the clay but yeah. that's what darkened that. But Now do you ever leave anything out here for them? I put a whole bunch of birdhouses out here when I first moved in, and some of them disappeared, and we didn't have any neighbors back then. And Wait, the whole birdhouses disappeared? Yeah, and some of them were like nine feet tall and stuff. And Well, now that's a big <laughs> detail. Nine foot tall birdhouses were set here, and they vanished. Yeah, and they had like a, a round on the bottom of them to stabilize them so the wind wouldn't blow them over right. and stuff. And so whatever picked those up and carried them off were like carrying 200 pounds and like... Right, I mean, and there's an old country road here, but this was before this house was here. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yeah, and these green belts go for miles. To... And you've looked all around your property here to see if they've been stashed anywhere? Yeah they're, yeah, they're not anywhere. There used to be about 20 or 30 of them out here. They're all gone now. <laughs> can we... Um... Can we peek around your other cedar trees here? How oh, far yeah. does your property go? It, it goes back to... The to just about that tree line in front of that driveway okay. there and, and then back in there a ways. But. Let's, uh, let's do that. Maybe let's peek around these other cedar trees and see if there's anything going on around this area. Or have you checked all these cedar trees to see if there's any more rocks or anything like this? I haven't. It's wet out here most of the time, so you get your pant legs wet up to your waist. Right. Usually. Today's and, uh, pretty dry, though. I'm going to follow you. Let's just take a peek and take me on a little tour. I'll, I'll stay behind you. Yeah, it is kind of wet today. Do <laughs> you ever see anything over in this direction at all? Well, this is where that, that loud noise came crashing through right up to about here when I was sitting there. Uh-huh. <laughs> And these are more cedars over here. Is there a uh, wetlands nearby? 
Uh, there's a big pond over there just across the road. Okay. And how far back does it go? It goes, it goes back into those trees, the okay. second row of trees back there. Yeah. Can we take a walk? Let's okay. go take a look. Now here's a stone back here, but that's kind of wedged in the earth, I guess. Do you get vibes at all, Dave, when you're out here? Do you know what I mean by oh, that? Oh, yeah. I, Do you get I vibes? I feel like somebody's watching me sometimes. And yeah. Especially that night when that thing came charging through there, I could hear it harassing the donkey over there for a while. And right. And then it, it sounded like it busted right through the fence over there, really loud crashing, and I thought it was a donkey at first, but then then after it ran right up where I was sitting, yeah, I heard the donkey back there braying again, so I'm like, oh shit, that ain't the donkey. Now tell me what that is back here, David. Look down at the end of the trail. Is that another chair sitting down there? I think so. Would wow. your, let's walk down there. Would your kid be sitting back in here? I don't think so. That's bizarre. I've been missing that chair for a while from the side of my garage up there. Oh, really? So you have yeah. furniture that goes missing. I think the brush is all knocked down around it like somebody's been sitting in it. All that's knocked down. Yeah. That's really weird. So would your kid at all be sitting back here? No, he's been gone for six months. Like. And, th and this went missing when? It's been... Uh, it's been missing longer than that, but uh, okay. that's pretty weird. All the branches are broke off. That's and pretty you fresh. You can see it's been here for a while because the grass is growing around the top of it. Uh -huh. So it's been there for at least a summer. And the, the limbs are all pushed back this way, so it looks like something came in this way. Yeah, and these are still green, so that was recent. <laughs> right. Wow. Let's see if we can look for a hair or anything attached to this. I don't see anything here. There's cobwebs around it, so that those could have been there before, though. You can see how deep it goes down into the mud. So it was <laughs> when it was placed down in there, it was placed with force because this is really hard <laughs> ground right here. Now this is a little trail here. Can we take that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll follow you. What about any orchard trees around here? Oh, yeah. Well, these apple trees here, that's oh, you, what the nah. deer are hanging out waiting for them to fall. And I gave you apples. You probably are sick of apples. <laughs> and have those ever been picked clean? Yeah, like, like they get up high somehow. That, I don't know. Those deer only reach up about seven feet, but. Are they ever missing from the top? Uh huh. Like later in the year? Yeah. You ever hear the sound of rock clacking? Uh-huh. You've heard that here on the yeah. property? Then there's something that knocks on the trees too, like out here. And oh, really? I've heard a lot of woodpeckers. This one's like got a like slower like knock. And, okay. And it, it does it and you'll hear one tuk tuk tuk. Then you'll hear one like a half a mile away like and they seem like they're like... Communicating? Yeah. Like, okay. There's always like sound and reporting. Right. All right, lead me back to the fire there. I want to head back that way. Oh, nice. A little wizard walking stick here. And then this is the most important relic that we have. This is the beer garden. And oh, I got to get these on camera. These are the genie lamps next to the. Are these shoulders? Uh huh. Clavicle. Yeah. Clavicle area. And see what I mean? Like the Bohemian Grove vibes here. We got the little cabin here. So I was showing David here how we were breaking out the, uh, the compass periodically. And go ahead and hold the phone flat in your hand. Just hold it flat like that. There you go. And so it's pretty much at due north, right in front of his gifting tree, which is right there where we shot earlier. And I don't know if that means anything, but it's the second time where we've broken out the compass on something um, like a... Well, I wouldn't call that a structure, obviously, but it's a, a gifting area or an area of interest and, uh, you know, pretty close to zero. And 
Let's see if it wavers as we walk by. Anything happen here? Is it so dew zero is right there. Do you ever find anything right in this area? Oh right yeah, I found like a, it looked like mother of pearl, but it was almost a transparent rock that was really shiny right up in the crotch. Right of in that. that crotch of the tree at yeah. zero. Okay. And so your house is the exact opposite. It's at due south, 180 degrees. Did you build that house to face the sun in a certain way? No, we just we just laid it out kind of random. We were amateur framers and okay. All right, now let's try. Um, are you opposed to me turning on a random word generator to see if I can get any random well, words? That won't, that won't bother me at all. Um, supposedly, it's not a random word generator. There shouldn't be any words coming off of this, according to the programmers. But I take issue with that because it says it says the same words a lot. Um, and I'm sure it will again, but let's see what we get. Okay, we'll see if we can get anything. Can you tell us anything about this part of the tree? Is this part of the tree important? You can you can use this device here to talk to us if you want. Or tell me something about David. Do you need to be grounded on something? See if we can ground it here now. We don't have much of a cell phone signal. Oh yeah. <laughs> but maybe we can get something. Sometimes it takes a while for it to spit out a word. But it has said uh, Ron's name when I'm out in the woods with Ron. Wow. Um, I've walked into a bar and it said the name of a guy at the bar, and it was the only guy in the bar. Um, and I didn't know the guy's name. So we'll just let this run there. Sometimes when you're not paying attention to this stuff, it, it has a way of doing it. In fact, what we'll do is we'll just go ahead and let this run, and I'm gonna set this right by the tree. And then I'll just set this like that. The weather was not on our side that evening, but that's the way it goes sometimes. It's definitely an area I want to go back to, and the stuff that you missed, well, we'll catch it when the weather's better. I think we got up close to 5,000 feet, maybe a little bit above that. Definitely saw Canada in the night sky, but it was so darn windy, so darn, so darn windy and very rainy. At one point, the uh, the hood of my car nearly got snapped off the hinges from a gale force wind coming up there. So if you watch my last vlog called Hurricane in Helos, we weren't too far. In fact, that day when I shot that vlog, I was headed down to David's house. Wasn't quite sure if we were going to make it because of the weather, but um, yeah, a, a definite uh, definite plus to, to not only talk to David, but to get to see the area behind, literally behind his house. So very remote. What did you think of that rock? Um, you had a chance to take a look at the magnetic power of that and a lot of similarities with other extended experiencers describing a certain location where things happen more often. In this case, a cedar tree directly at point zero, directly, directly due north. And there is a video that I alluded to of us above the Al Moon Lab measuring, and I think it's coming up actually in this documentary, The Flash of Beauty, where this stick structure that we find, which absolutely is a giant log structure, not stick, but a log structure, is pointing exactly due north as well. Just zeroed out due north. So 
that's what I was alluding to in that. And uh, if I can find some of the archive footage, I'll post that up as well. But very interesting site. The cedar tree uh, needs to be um, worked. And I talked to David after, afterwards, and maybe he'll start working that cedar tree. Also coming up on Halloween, I think opening up at 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning, in Forks, Washington, is the only that I, as far as I know of, the only Sasquatch gift store slash museum in the home of vampires and werewolves in Forks, Washington, the last town before you hit the ocean, 80 North Forks Avenue, Forks, Washington, 98331. Type in Sasquatch the Legend in Google Maps. It'll bring you right there. It'll take you to the website. I'm looking at it right now. So your chance to see Biggie, the Sasquatch I built, and now on display, uh, all eight and a half feet of him at sasquatchthelegend.com. Um, hope you come out there. I believe that's a Sunday, Halloween night. If you can make it your uh, top priority, well, that would be very flattering. But if you can make it out there in general, even after Halloween, check out Sasquatch the Legend over in Forks, Washington. All right, that's it for me. Y'all be good out there. And of course... I will see you in the trees.